We're going to look at Psalm 103, verse 3. The Lord healeth all thy diseases. Turn to that now. Psalm 103. Just look at verse 3 there. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Last week we began to look at Psalm 103, which is a song of praise of King David. In this psalm there are no prayer requests being made at all. Not that there's anything wrong with making prayer requests. After all, the Bible tells us very clearly in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, to be anxious or careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. However, what we are looking for, uh, looking at in Psalm 103, is pure praise from start to finish. In 22 verses, starting with, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and ending with the very same words. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Starting in verse 3 and ending in verse 5, there are five or maybe six spiritual benefits. I'm not really sure whether it's five or six at the moment. Spiritual benefits that David mentioned, which he had been blessed with by God and which he stirred up his soul to praise God for significantly and of necessity, the first of those blessings was the forgiveness of all his iniquities. That is what we considered last week, and it was seen that a person cannot expect any spiritual blessings from God until such time he or she has received forgiveness for sin. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, all spiritual blessings are received through faith in Jesus and Jesus must surely be the greatest blessing of all. Today we shall stay with verse 3 and consider the first of the benefits that David mentioned after the forgiveness of all his iniquities and that as you can see in verse 3 is healing who healeth all thy diseases. One thing that becomes immediately obvious as you read through the gospel accounts is that God is in the business of healing bodies. For example, in a synagogue, the Lord Jesus Christ, with um, he healed or restored a man's withered hand. On that occasion, the Jews who were watching that, they sought how they might destroy him. So it's a peculiar response, isn't it? They see Jesus performing miraculous healing and instead of praising him, they conspired how they might kill him. Jesus gave sight to the blind. He cleansed lepers. Jesus did what all the physicians had failed to do. He healed a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 long and miserable years. She spent all her substance um, seeing the physicians. Not one of them could do anything for her but Jesus. She just tucked on the hem of Jesus' garment and he healed her. 
from her issue of blood. Not forgetting the 12-year-old girl who was dead in her bed, and yet she rose when Jesus said unto her, Talitha kumai, which means damsel, I say unto thee, arise. That little girl rose up from the dead. Then there was Lazarus who was in a tomb. He'd been dead for four days and his body began to stink. Even so, Lazarus rose when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And there was a centurion servant who was sick and ready to die. The centurion demonstrated that he had great faith in the Lord Jesus Christ when he looked to Jesus to heal his servant from afar. Jesus healed the servant and he highly commended the Gentile centurion when he said to the religious leaders, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. The incarnate Son of God performed all sorts of miracles when he was in the world, including physical healing, not just physical healing, but raising people up from the dead in order to demonstrate that he is the Messiah or the Christ who had come um, in fulfilment of Old Testament promises and prophecies, such as Isaiah chapter 35, verses 4 through to 6, in which it is written, Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Uh, To get that, God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. That's in the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 35. When John the Baptist was in prison, according to Matthew chapter 11 verses 2 to 5, he sent two of his disciples to Jesus and they said to Jesus, Are you the one coming or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. In other words, Jesus he declared that he was doing all of those things, all of those miracles, and of course preaching the gospel, and this, this, all of this declared him to be the Messiah, the Christ, the one who was to come. All of the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ, including the physical healing, are recorded in the Bible in order that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. That's the reason for them, ultimately. You read about those miracles, include miracles, including the physical healings, so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life, eternal life, through his name. 2,000 years on from the healing miracles of Jesus, 
that are recorded in the Bible, what do we have now? Many Christians, including myself, still pray for physical healing for individuals, believing that the Lord is still able to touch people with his healing hands, even from afar, as did as he did with the centurion servant, and he is able to rid them of their physical afflictions. If it is his will, and if it is for his glory, because it's not always the will of God to bring about physical healing, and the, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and you have to appreciate that we, as we, we would seek to glorify God in good health, in bad health, and even in death. Whether the Lord heals directly or indirectly through the agency of doctors and other health professionals, we look to him to be glorified in the person who is healed and healed in a miraculous way. I'm sure most, if not all of us in this church, know a certain Christian woman who has recently recovered from a very serious illness. She's known to each one of us here. She's recovered from a a serious illness and she does not hesitate to give God the glory for her healing. As for miraculous healing of someone who is not a Christian... First and foremost, the prayer of the saints would no doubt be that the physical healing would be used by God to bring that person as a repentant sinner to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to the glory of God. Always the glory of God here. I for one have no problems in believing that God is able and still does put his hands upon broken bodies and uh, he heals people indeed he heals his creatures I'm going to broaden that to his creatures as a bit of a side issue some years ago I slammed the rear hatch door of my car outside uh, cloth workers school and my dog was in the back of the car to my horror He yelped in pain and I saw his tail sticking out of the hatch door which had completely shut closed. If there was any gap at all between the hatch door and the rest of the car it would have been no more than a few millimetres, if that. I opened the door and I hugged my dog. After a few moments I looked and I saw that his tail was completely undamaged. There wasn't even a kink in it. As I did at the time, I still do now. I do not hesitate to give God the glory for that. Without a doubt, physical affliction can be the result of sin. Talking about people now, not dogs. Uh, Our physical affliction, the result of sin. Uh, For example, about 1,500 years BC, 
Miriam, the sister of Moses, incurred the wrath of God when she spoke against her brother. Consequently, Miriam became leprous, white as snow, and the Lord commanded that she she be shut out from the camp of Israel for seven days. About 750 years before Christ came into the world, King Uzziah went into the temple in Jerusalem to burn incense upon the altar of incense, which was the duty of the priests and not of the king. Eighty priests withstood King Uzziah and pointed out the error of his ways. However, the proud king became angry with the priests and consequently the Lord afflicted him with leprosy until the day that he died. In our day and age, sexual immorality results in various sexually transmitted diseases. For example, over 60% of AIDS cases are the result of homosexual activity. That's where you see the consequences of sin um, in physical affliction. Having quite extensively made the point that God can and still does touch his creatures with hands of compassion and healing power and he still does deliver them them from their physical afflictions according to his good pleasure, I do not imagine for one moment that that is what David was talking about in Psalm 103 and verse 3. I just wanted to mention all of that. So it may be things that you've been thinking about yourself at various times. And I'm standing here and um, nailing my colours to the mast as someone who does believe that God is able and still does put his hand of healing upon broken bodies but I don't think that that is what David was talking about in verse 3 I don't imagine for one moment that David was praising God for healing him of cancer or leprosy or maybe even a man cold or any other bodily affliction although as I've already said such things are not beyond the realms of possibility for God And it would be right and it would be proper to thank God and praise him for any such physical healing. Let's have a look at verses 3 through to 3 and 4. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. The very fact that the healing of diseases is sandwiched between forgiveness of all his iniquities in verse 3 and redemption from destruction in verse 4 ought to tell us that David was not talking about physical healing but rather spiritual healing. When you look at Psalm 41 verse 4 where David said, Lord be merciful unto me Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. It becomes obvious that when David spoke of healing, he was referring not to his body, but to his soul. Bishop Ryle spoke of spiritual leprosy, spiritual disease, when he said, 
But is there nothing like leprosy among ourselves? Yes, indeed there is. There is a foul soul disease which is ingrained into our very nature and cleaves to our bones and marrow with deadly force. That disease is the plague of sin. Like leprosy, it is a deep-seated disease infecting every part of our nature, heart, will, conscience, understanding, memory and affections. Like leprosy, it makes us loathsome and abominable, unfit for the company of God and unfit for the glory of heaven. Like leprosy, it is incurable by any earthly physician and is slowly but surely dragging us down to the second death. And worst of all, far worse than leprosy, it is a disease from which no mortal man is exempt. We are all in God's sight as an unclean thing. Bishop Ryle certainly understood something about spiritual disease and the need for healing, spiritual healing. The Lord Jesus Christ, he spoke about forgiveness of sins using the language of healing when he said, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In those words, Jesus was talking about the disease of sin, and he was referring to himself as the great heavenly physician. In the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, with reference to the sacrificial suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is written, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Not forgiven, but we are healed as a result of Jesus being wounded and bruised. For our sins. There are times of course. When a body becomes weary. Because of sin. David knew all about that. Turn to Psalm 32. I'm going to read to you. Another Psalm of David. Psalm 32. Verses 1 through to 5. This is where sin impacted on David bodily. Reading from verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old, through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity 
of my sin. <coughs> Do you know, I don't imagine that would be the how it is with everybody. That sin would make them like the drought of summer or the moisture turning into the drought of summer. Not everyone would feel the hand of God upon them. They go through life with their sin. And then, as it's written in the Bible, it's given unto man once to die, and then the judgment. David, his sin impacted upon him bodily. We see in those verses there, in Psalm 32, verses 1 through to 5, a troubled conscience. David was clearly miserable. It was impacting on his body, whatever the sin was. He was tired, he was weak, he had no energy. The weight of God's hand was heavy upon David. God was afflicting David in body and in soul. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? What would you think if God had his hand heavy upon you? I'd say I would want the hand of God upon me. The very fact that God in heaven has his hand extended and reaching upon my head, Glenn, and that reminder, that daily reminder even when I can't get to sleep at night, I would thank God. God had made David's sin sick and it would be God who would graciously heal him upon confession of his sin. Again, not everyone would feel the hand of God upon them. Let's not kid ourselves that uh, this happens to everyone. Maybe someone in here Maybe you don't, you just got, you, you can't relate to that. The hand of God upon you. Conscience seared as with a hot iron. I can only imagine what a great relief it was for David to be spiritually healed and restored into a communion with God. That healing would have been more certain than receiving the all clear from any earthly physician. The hand of God heavy upon him and then he confessed his sins to the Lord and he received forgiveness and there's no doubt about it. Maybe you've been there. It wasn't the first time for David. He already was a man of God. From the very first time that you... Confess your sins, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. When the hand of God is upon you for that first time. And the relief, the great relief when God withdraws his hand. And you know that your sins are forgiven. I wonder if you can relate to what David was going through in verse 30, uh, sorry, in Psalm 32. 
I'm talking about being fast bound in sin and feeling it in your body. Whether you're not a Christian yet or whether you've been a Christian for many years, you know, let's not get into this. Oh, it's, it, it's the same thing actually. Christians can feel lousy when they sin against their Heavenly Father. Fast bound in sin, maybe you're tired because your conscience keeps you awake. Maybe you really are a Christian, but for all that sin has got in the way of your relationship with your Heavenly Father, your prayer life, it's dry, it's pathetic. You can barely speak to God because you've got all that sin getting in the way. Unconfessed sin. And it's just building up. Maybe you have become more irritable, more snappy than usual, because deep inside you are as miserable as sin. If that is you, then thank God that you are afflicted, that his hand is heavy upon you. That he has not just left you to wallow in your sin, leaving you to heap judgment upon yourself, because God does do precisely that. For example, in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul wrote about those who committed various sins and God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts and God gave them up unto their vile affections and God gave them over to a reprobate mind. In other words, God said, get on with it. See you at the judgment. Whoever you are, if you are weighed down with the burden of sin, now is the time to confess your sins to the great heavenly physician. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness through faith in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to heal you from your sins, to make you fit to enter into his presence.